You know, I got an ESPN notification today that said that Sean Clifford has overtaken Aaron Rodgers' locker in the locker room. And this was like a big deal, notification worthy. And, and I bet, you know, some of the rookies are even going to walk on the same floor that Aaron Rodgers walked on. Or in the quarterback room, they may even sit in the same chair. Look, I'm over 30 and I collect bobbleheads. Okay, as evidenced by the fact that this guy just came in the mail today. Paid way too much, ordered him about nine months ago, finally came today. Point of all this being, I know what stupid looks like. And, uh, yeah, that notification might have been it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Lombardi Time Brews. Yes, the rookie minicamp has just begun. So rookies are now in Green Bay. We're making news out of nothing. But here's the really important deal. They're actually hitting the field. Yes, as I'm recording right about now, I believe the Packers rookies are stepping onto the Don Hudson Center field. They are beginning practicing. They are officially becoming Green Bay Packers. Speaking of officially becoming a Green Bay Packer, as of right now, Eight of their 13 draft picks have signed from what I've seen. Still waiting on the last couple. Not at all shocking. This isn't like the days of old like rookie holdouts and, you know, will they, won't they type deal. They'll all get signed. It's just sometimes it takes a little bit of time. But eight of 13 already have locked into their contracts and officially became Green Bay Packers. In addition to that, the Packers now have signed 12 undrafted free agents, some of different levels of notoriety, but certainly some intriguing prospects that actually stand a chance to make the roster. On that note, I know I said today was going to be undrafted free agent day, but like I'm going to call an audible. It's the offseason. We got lots of flexibility. So I'm going to punt on that video. Love all the football puns. I'm going to punt on that until Monday. Yeah, on Monday, I'm going to cover the 12 undrafted free agents the Green Bay Packers have signed. Some will be very brief reports because we know very, very little about these people. Other will, will be a little bit more in depth because they were projected to be draft picks or have very interesting histories. So today what I'm going to cover instead has been the hot button issue that I've seen rotating around the interwebs all week. And that is, all right, Jordan Love's locked up through 2024. Darnell Savage has been restructured. Yeah, they gave Love a raise in 2023, but the Packers have a little bit of money. Like beyond the draft class, they can, like, they can sign somebody. Adrian Amos, Mercedes Lewis, Mason Crosby, bring the old gang back. Or like, go get somebody new. Well... I know, this is a very exciting time. We're not used to having any money to do anything, and it's still not a lot, but they could potentially bring in a free agent, a veteran, at a couple different spots on the team. So, since that's been so widely talked about, I've seen so many conversations break out on social media, I decided I wanted to cover that topic today. So, I'm going to be looking at four different positions on the team, what the current roster looks like, what free agents are even out there that could be had, and then the considerations as to should the Packers consider it or should this idea be dead in the water before we even get there. One quick note, the quarterback position, obviously manned by Jordan Love, Sean Clifford, and Danny Etling, I am not going to be addressing that position because Brian Gutekunst himself said after the draft that they are not going to be considering a free agent quarterback, a veteran, until they get into camp and they want Clifford and Etling to duke it out for QB2 and then perhaps a roster spot like on the practice squad or something to that effect. So given in mind that Gutekunst himself has said that they're not really entertaining it, 
I wasn't going to either. So the positions we're looking at are wide receiver, tight end, safety, and defensive line. Wide receiver being one of the more compelling arguments. So let's start there. You know, ultimately, at the end of the day, this is going to apply for all four positions. The Green Bay Packers just drafted 13 guys. They just added 12 in addition to that. 25 young men have been added to the Green Bay Packers roster. And Brian Gutekunst, I got this from Twitter from Zach Jacobson, who writes for CBS. He said that over Goot's last five draft classes, only five rookies didn't make the 53. Of course, an average of one a year. And one of those was Cole Madison, of which you recall, Cole Madison's personal story was was a little unique. It was very different. It wasn't that he didn't make the team because he just wasn't playing well enough. There was a lot of other personal circumstances going on there. And the other ones you could argue, at least for two of them, were pretty big position change, like alterations that these guys had to make. They didn't walk in as football-ready players at the position that they were drafted. They needed some more time. So Brian Gutekunst hangs on to his draft pick. So let's move forward assuming that the vast majority, if not all, of these 13 draft picks are going to make the roster. Historically speaking, two, one or two of the UDFAs seems to find their way onto the 53-man roster. So we got to factor them in too. And all of a sudden, what was this completely barren cupboard of a roster, like 63 guys out of 90 before the draft, suddenly is sitting at 88 players out of 90. And um, you want to add some bets? Suddenly it's, it's getting tighter. Not to say that there isn't room to upgrade. So let's look specifically at the wide receiver position. You know, on the roster right now happens to be a few guys who you think you consider are the guaranteed starters, right? Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Samari Toure, who has gotten who got a shout out from both Brian Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur in their post-draft pressers. So they're feeling good about Toure by all accounts. New rookies, Jalen Reed, Dontavian Wicks, Grant DuBose. Returning player from the practice squad last year, Bo Melton, Jeff Cotton. And then they got two UDFAs as well in Deuce Watts and Malik Heath. So already you got a number of guys at wide receiver, but there's some concerns that we'll get there. I know. The big thing, though, is what free agents are available at the wide receiver position. You know, even Corey Davis, who has been my favorite option for a while now from the Jets because it's been presumed he was going to get released. Well, New York Jets head coach Robert Saleh today said that Corey Davis is going to be a Jet. Okay, so let's take him off the table and suddenly let's take a look at the free agent list. And um, it's uninspiring. The free agent list at wide receiver happens to be T.Y. Hilton, Kenny Galladay, Julio Jones, Byron Pringle, Jarvis Landry, Sammy Watkins, Demarcus Robinson, of course, then a list of other names, but these are what we would consider the notables. T.Y. Hilton, of course, has been showing his age as of recent. I don't think that's really disputable. Kenny Galladay is maybe the most talented on this list, and I do believe he's yet under 30, but after a series of years, not just one, not just two, like a series of years that he's had both injury and attitude problems, is he the vet you want to bring into the mix with all these young guys? Probably not. Julio Jones, of course, the most accomplished wide receiver on this list, but he certainly showed his age in Tampa Bay with Tom Brady last year. So even though he is Julio Jones and he maybe could be a worthwhile teacher for your youngins, do you want to bring him in at the sake of perhaps giving up snaps from one of the young guys? And where is he going to play? Then you got Byron Pringle, the former Chicago Bear. Jarvis Landry, who I know we talked about a little bit in the draft live stream. He now is 30 years old. Predominantly a slot player at this point in his career, I would imagine. Then you got Sammy Watkins, who could make a successful return. And then how about Demarcus Robinson? 
wide receiver of, of middling production, let's say, over the course of the last few years. It's an uninspiring list. But nonetheless, why would you consider them? Well, look at the Green Bay Packers roster, right? Is the lack of experience concerning at wide receiver? Yeah, yeah. All told, this unit has 138 NFL targets. Yes, altogether, the Green Bay Packers wide receiver room has the combined targets of a lot of average-ish wide receivers. Maybe above average, we'll give. Combined, they also have 1,148 NFL snaps and a whopping 19 special snaps. Combined. These are the baby Packers, y'all. The wide receivers, it's tough to say, right? They're very, very inexperienced. The wide receivers are very, very young. But here's the rub. You want to bring in a free agent, who's it going to be? Where are they going to play? And at what young player's expense are they going to be playing? And now I'm not going to sit here and pretend that Grant Dubose, their seventh round pick, is immediately going to be locked into a, to a roster spot. And it's assuming we don't even know. Are they going to keep five wide receivers, six wide receivers? I'd be shocked if they keep seven, given the circumstances of the roster this year. But sure, it's possible. If you want a wide receiver to give a ton of special team stats, it's probably going to be Bo Melton out of all of them. But if you're looking at pure wide receivers, Bo Melton might be a little farther down the list that you could keep a guy like Samari Toure and all your rookies. So ultimately, at the end of the day, where does a veteran go? Should they bring in like a 34-year-old Julio Jones and just give him jump balls? Okay, or would you rather that your young quarterback grows up with these young wide receivers? How do the Packers fix this problem if they're not going to bring in a vet? And at the end of the day, you're probably leaning on your new QB1, Jordan Love. I mean, is Jordan Love going to be in the wide receiver room with them? Is he going to teach them how to talk, how to walk, how to practice? No. Green Packers are going to have to rely on Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs for that. But at the same time, I just I can't justify bringing in someone off of this free agent list in order to take a spot from someone who has an entire future ahead of them and you have locked into a contract for several years. Because that's the other thing here, too. Let's keep in mind contracts. You bring in Julio Jones, probably a one-year deal. T.Y. Hilton, one-year deal. Kenny Dalladay, who knows, but probably a one-year deal. All of the guys I just listed under contract for a minimum of three years yet. I would rather see them grow with love. Do I understand the argument? Absolutely, 100%. Am I in favor? Mm -mm. Not at the wide receiver position at the very least. Let's move on to tight ends. On the roster right now would be Josiah DeGuara, Luke Musgrave, Tyler Kraft, Tyler Davis. Then you also have on the roster practice squad guys from last year, Austin Allen and Nick Guillermos. And then they've got one UDFA in Cameron McDonald. And admittedly, he's one of the more intriguing UDFAs who we're going to talk about on Monday. And you would think, if they're going to go sign a veteran, right, it's got to be Big Dog. Like, given last night on Twitter, Keyshawn Nixon was openly campaigning for Mercedes Lewis to get re-signed by Green Bay. He said, if he's got one wish, sign Mercedes Lewis back. And then Razul Douglas even retweeted that and said, yes, Mercedes Lewis needs to come back. He is a true leader. But the fact remains, Mercedes Lewis is darn near 39 years old. And there's rumors about there about like he doesn't want to go play with Rodgers in New York because like the tax level is too high. I've seen those rumors online. But at the same time, doesn't he want to go play for a, a contender too? And even if we're really optimistic about Green Bay's chances this year, are we going to say that they're a true bona fide contender this year? Or would he rather go somewhere that the man, nearly 39 years old, playing the tight end position, could go chase a ring? So if he wants to come back to Green Bay, and Bruton Good could said that they're keeping the door open for him, Okay, then maybe. 
where. You've got Josiah DeGuara, who you know is going to play in line more this year, as opposed to just playing the H-back role that he's played a couple years ago. Then you got Luke Musgrave, your new like superstar tight end, probably tight end one as he learns the system. You got Tucker Craft, your your third round pick. And then you got Tyler Davis, and I know a lot of people just kind of like shoo off Tyler Davis, right? Like, please do not bother me with the thoughts of Tyler Davis being a contributor on this roster. But the fact remains that last year, Tyler Davis played 344 special team snaps for the Green Bay Packers. I'm not advocating for the man to become tight end one and play a whole bunch on offense, but he did play 344 special team snaps. Coach Rick Bisaccia almost always has a tight end throughout his entire career, going back to the Raiders, almost always has a tight end in the top three of special team snaps on his roster. And Tyler Davis is that guy. So if you're going to get rid of Tyler Davis in lieu of our Mercedes Lewis, then we'll go play special teams. And maybe you have the rookies do it. Maybe Musgrave and Kraft, they both do have special teams experience from college. They're both rookies, so you'd think they'd be willing. But it's at least part of part of the thinking, right? Anyone you got to bring in, you're going to be giving away something else. And Tyler Davis is only on a one-year contract, a relatively disposable contract pretty easily. So swapping in another one-year deal for Mercedes Lewis isn't exactly difficult, nor does it come at the detriment of your future. But the only way you do that is if you have an answer as to, okay, well, then who's going to take all the special team snaps? Because we know, given the roster building process of the Packers of the last two years, special teams suddenly is a bit of a priority, with Coach Rissosaccia also serving as what appears to be assistant general manager. And maybe Kraft and Musgrave are going to take those snaps easily. Let me offer you one more alternative. If, if Mercedes Lewis isn't that guy, right? If he's not that guy. Because he's nearing 39 years old, he doesn't want to play in Green Bay anymore. He wants to, he wants to go to a contender. I, who knows, right? We don't know the intricacies of all these conversations. Then I would say there's one other free agent out there. And this is if you're really looking for that blocking guy. That blocking tight end that the Packers don't truly have right now, then I think you entertain former Arizona Cardinal Max Williams. Max Williams is substantially younger. He's coming up on 29 years old, so a decade younger than Mercedes Lewis. And over the last four years, per PFF's grading, blocks nearly as well. In fact, a lot of the grades between Mercedes Lewis and Max Williams are shockingly similar. Blocking, special team snaps, etc. Because yes, even Mercedes Lewis played a little bit of special teams, but not like he's going to be a flyer. So I would offer you that if Mercedes Lewis is not in the cards, if you still want that big body blocking tight end because you don't believe it's going to come at the detriment because it's a different role than any of these guys have, then I think you can look at a Max Williams as a suitable alternative. My answer here at tight end, honestly, I don't mind it. Throw Tucker Craft on special teams. Give him those 300 special team snaps. And that's not to say he's not going to play offense too. Or even maybe split those snaps between Musgrave and Kraft per what the different roles are that they had Tyler Davis fill over the course of the year. But Mercedes Lewis is the epitome of team leader, right? We've seen that. Keyshawn Nixon, Russell Douglas, they both agree. Being able to bring him in to show Musgrave Kraft, continue working with DeGuar. Keep in mind, Robert Tunyon years ago credited Mercedes Lewis as, and, and Jimmy Graham at the time, of offering him all the advice to become what Robert Tunyon eventually became in his prime before his ACL injury. So if you want a tight end to come in and teach, 
Mercedes Lewis is that guy. I believe I said at the top of the video, if you're bringing in a veteran, and if I forgot, I'm sorry, but if you're bringing in a veteran, it's to serve two purposes right now. One, either to be a bona fide starter, okay? Or two, to be a teacher, to come in and show this young roster how to practice, how to walk, how to talk, how to be a professional. Mercedes Lewis fits the latter. So, in my opinion, I would much rather see Mercedes Lewis added to the roster than I would a wide receiver who I'm not sure embodies either one of those conditions for any one of them. Moving on to the safety position, kind of a similar story. On the roster right now, you got Rudy Ford, Darnell Savage, Ennis Gaines, Dallin Lovett, Tarverius Moore, your draft pick Anthony Johnson Jr. You also have James Wiggins under contract. Then you got two UDFAs in the form of Christian Morgan and Benny Sapp III. Yes, I know, in the draft live stream, Benny Sapp was talked about a few different times. There was some excitement about some Benny Sapp, and I've been eagerly like waiting to address it on the channel that, yes, the Packers did actually get him as a UDFA. So, again, like I was saying on the live stream a lot, you got a bunch of safeties. Are they the best in the world? No. But is the room full? Yeah, it is. And if you're going to bring in anybody, somebody's got to go. Because even with the guys who have NFL experience, or your draft pick, Anthony Johnson Jr., you got six. And you are tapping out how many safeties you're going to carry around. Really, two free agents available that I think are worth consideration. One would be Adrian Amos. The other would be John Johnson. Now, Amos, of course, would be coming back to Green Bay. John Johnson would be coming over from Cleveland. And the two are shockingly similar. John Johnson, only two years younger. But if you're looking for uh, things in common, let's start here. In 2020, both of them were one of the best safeties in football per PFF grades, like high 80s, mid 80s for both of them. And not only that, but last year was one of the worst years that each one of them had, especially in the tackling department. For Amos, you can tack on it. It was one of his worst years in coverage as well. While Johnson's coverage numbers dipped, they didn't quite bottom out like Amos's did last year. One difference between the two, though, is John Johnson plays a lot more free safety, whereas Adrian Amos plays more in the box. Last year, John Johnson played 689 snaps at the true free safety position, whereas Amos played 443 last year, the year before, 606. And we do know as Darnell Savage has had his difficulties and they moved him around, that Joe Barry has played Amos in the box more. Now, per what they said the other day, Darnell Savage, they're looking at having a bigger role on the defense and he's probably going to be playing robber and up closer to the line of the scrimmage more. So that means the safety you're going to want to add is probably more of a free safety type. Someone who's going to roam center field. The answer for that may very well be, in spite of what Packer fans want, they want Amos to come back, and I don't blame them at all. Because Adrian Amos, in some ways, embodies both of those traits that you're looking for in a free agent veteran right now. Someone who can show the young ones how to play. Someone who also can step in and be an immediate starter, probably, even coming off of last year, the best safety in the room. And I think that's the case for either John Johnson or Adrian Amos. One other consideration here, looking into the future, I'm not nearly worried about. Wide receiver, part of the argument for not bringing someone in is all these guys are under contract for three or four years. They're the future. We don't want to take snaps away from them. At safety, you got Rudy Ford, who's on a one-year deal. Darnell Savage on a one-year deal. Tavarius Moore on a one-year deal. Down Levitt on a one-year deal. So what I'm saying is the room is going to face massive overhaul anyway. If you're going to get rid of someone on a one-year deal, bring in someone on a one-year deal. It's kind of like the Tyler Davis to Mercedes Lewis swap. Future-wise, everything's probably pretty well even. I think it does make sense to bring in a safety. 
My preference in some ways would probably be John Johnson just from a pure like positional standpoint. But you do run into the question of Rudy Ford, Darnell Savage. I thought both of them were going to be starters right now. What happens when you bring in Amos or Johnson? And keep in mind, too, it's not like the Green Bay Packers have enough money to go get a safety, a tight end, a defensive lineman, and a wide receiver. They're going to have to prioritize and make some choices here. So let's take a look at the defensive line. Little bit of the same problem as wide receiver, and that those out there for free agency are not exactly attractive. So, at defensive line, we got Kenny Clark, Devontae White, and TJ Slayton. It's not a bad starting three. And then you got your two rookies that you just drafted Kobe Wood and Carl Brooks. Okay, okay. Uh, you got your two other guys on the roster who were practice squad or just inactive all of the year last year. And that would be Jonathan Ford and Chris Slayton. Okay. And then you got two guys that are UDFAs or part of the pathway system for the NFL. Uh, Jason Lewin, and then Kenneth Odumaguo, the Nigerian Hercules, who the Packers just added, who does not count for roster spot at this time. And in terms of free agents, <laughs> Shelby Harris, Michael Brockers, Akeem Hicks, Leanball Joseph, that's like it. Like, there's some others out there. If you look at Track, even J.J. Watt is still considered a free agent for some reason. But it's an uninspiring list. Shelby Harris is a very capable player, a good starter, played for Seattle last year, and who is probably in this system going to fit more so in in your base level of like 3-4 end, not so much nose tackle. Certainly last year with Seattle, he played more on the end than he did nose tackle. And what the Green Bay Packers probably could use is a little bit more depth of like the true nose, as I've been saying in relation to Carl Brooks and Kobe Wooden. But one of the issues with defensive line is very similar to wide receiver. Total snaps, Kenny Clark, 807, Devontae Wyatt, 224, TJ Slayton, 333. That was all last year. It's a very thin group. Jonathan Ford, zero. Chris Slayton, zero. It's a very inexperienced group, and obviously you got Wooden and Brooks. But the Green Bay Packers very well could walk into the year with six defensive linemen, in which case I would love to see Shelby Harris be one of those six this year's Reed. Because keep in mind, Reed and Lowry leaving the team opened up over 1,100 snaps. And as much as we want Wyatt to play more or Slayton to play more, they're not taking 1,100 snaps that were left behind between Reed and Lowry. So, at the end of the day, if I had to categorize my wish list or my priority list, if I'm Brian Gutekunst and I'm sitting there going, all right, finally got a couple pennies in my piggy bank. It's time for me to go get somebody. I can do it. I can sign a free agent. I know I can. I believe in myself. Who am I going to go get? I'm probably going to rank them this way. I'm going to say priority one, tight end. Go get yourself a big dog. Can't get a big dog? Consider Max Williams, but I probably rearranged the priorities then. Number two. I'm going to go get a defensive lineman. Yeah, I'm going to go try for Shelby Harris. If I can't get Shelby Harris, then again, I'm rearranging the priority list. But I'm probably going to go try to get Shelby Harris because I know I need one more actual NFL lineman for that rotation. Number three priority, safety. By a mile. Yeah, no, I know the future of the position is horribly in flux. It's probably a one-year deal the way it is right now. But Adrian Amos, John Johnson could solve some of the issues there. So I consider it. And then last priority, wide receiver. Frankly, eh. Corey Davis is out of the picture. He would have worked in LaFleur system. He knows LaFleur system. Everybody else, you got D.Y. Hilton. You got, you got the ghosts of some former great guys. It's just not for me. 
I'd rather see the young ones play and develop with their quarterback, Jordan Love. So again, priorities. Tight end, number one. D-line, number two. Safety, number three. Rounded out with wide receiver at number four, which is one I wouldn't even touch. What is Brian Gutekunst going to do? How does he feel? We will find out soon. So join me on Monday as I talk UDFAs. The next week, Wednesday, I'm going to put out my way too early 53-man roster prediction. And then we just see how how the offseason continues to evolve. You can bet that I'm going to be here every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, providing new content for Lombardi Time Brews. Hope you're having a wonderful week. Go have a wonderful weekend, too. Thanks for being here. And as always, Go Pack Go.